0: the Millennial Politics Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Valerie. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And today I'm joined by Christine Holquist, Democratic candidate for governor of Vermont. Thanks for
1: coming on. You're welcome. I'm pleased to be here.
0: We're glad to have you. I've been following your campaign since it was in the exploratory phase actually. And it's very exciting to see another transgender woman running for governor. What pushed you to jump into this race?
1: Well, you know, my life goal and passion was to solve climate change uh, using the electric grid. Uh, up, uh, you know, I, up till two months ago, I was the CEO of Vermont Electric Co-op, and which serves a fifth of Vermont. And when I left, we were 96% carbon free, and we were offering incentives for people to move away from fossil fuel transportation, heating, and cooling. And we did that five years without a rate increase, and uh, pretty much proving you can solve climate change, and it doesn't need to cost more money. Although that was my passion. November ninth of two thousand sixteen changed everything, and that's when we, of course, got a, uh, a a new administration in Washington as well as a new admin- administration in Montpelier. So I re- my passion now is to try to try to get Vermont and America back on the right track. Could you tell us what has your
0: experience been running as a transgender woman?
1: You know, I I uh, Vermont is a very loving state. I, I think Vermont is pretty unique. When you ask the question, what is it like to run as a transgender woman? Well, I don't really know how to answer that because Vermont has been so loving and supportive. And I should start by saying that you know I, I, I come from privilege. And when I define privilege, I defined it as com- coming from two wonderful parents who taught me a lot. And then, of course, I've had a very successful career. I was married. I have three wonderful children. But I had had this deep secret and it, it, be, it became to overwhelm me because I couldn't be, I wasn't honest with my children. And so in 2005, I started my plan to transition, and, I, and it took me 10 years to do the final transition, but in, in 2005, there were no transgender protection laws. But in 2007, Vermont passed transgender protection, and 2013, Vermont mandated that the insurance companies uh, provide coverage. So over that period of time, Vermont, in its, t- in its typical tradition of leadership in civil rights, um, passed some of the best transgender protection laws in the country. When you say what is it like, it's wonderful. Uh, in Vermont has uh, received me with open arms, and that is another reason why I'm running. I really feel like I owe it to Vermont to, to dedicate the rest of my life to Vermont
0: so what brought you to finally come out and transition i think it's especially scary for transgender people who are older in life not saying you're old um but you know who who aren't say in in high school or college though it's always hard to come out after they've been perceived as a gender that didn't belong to them for so long. How did you decide that it was the right time? And what was that experience like?
1: That experience with, was uh, extremely scary and intimidating. And I'm going to go back to the, continue the story I, I talked about before. In my, when I started approaching 50, I, real, I started having suicidal thoughts. And of course, I'm not the kind of person that has those thoughts, And and the reason I was having those thoughts is because I was not honest with my three wonderful children. So at the time, I was sure I was going to lose everything. I was sure I was going to lose my job, lose my family, lose my friends. I actually pictured myself being homeless. but But I started the journey anyway. And my spouse, she knew about me being transgender, but we were going to keep that secret to our grave so really spent many years working with everyone around me to prepare for this transition and uh, you know my wife and I spent about three years in counseling uh... to get her prepared then it was uh... it was interesting we did uh, family counseling with my adult children my daughter would skype in from San Francisco my son would skype in from Saratoga my daughter would skype in from Burlington and Pat and I would be in an office sometimes we'd be all together but, but we spent three years preparing the family. And then the big thing in preparation was in, in 2010, five years prior to my transition, I started seeing a transgender counselor. And I told my transgender counselor that the goal was for me to be as strong uh, at, when I'm Christine, to be as strong as I was when I was David. I told her David was a very strong leader, very courageous, but Christine was weak and full of shame. Well, we spent five years working on that. And when I transitioned uh, in December 2nd of 2015, I really felt strong and was prepared. And I'm so glad I did all the work because it, it, I, I'm in a very strong place today because of all that work. So some people ask me, you know, why it took so long? Well, it took so long because I had a lot of work to do.
0: Almost half of transgender youth experience suicidality what advice would you give to transgender youth who are experiencing this who don't know if living their life is worth it
1: well the good news for me is as soon as i started having suicidal thoughts i knew i needed to do something so i would say to transgender youth if you're having suicidal thoughts you need to talk to somebody Uh, and 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 i found a transgender counselor was incredible um, but but you have to find somebody who you trust and can talk to. And I recognize that some transgender youth are in a place where they just can't afford to go see a counselor. But but find somebody who you can work with and somebody you trust. Um, it's it's most important that you become your authentic self. I will tell you that I've learned um, I've learned how important uh, being authentic is as important as food. For your, it's important. It is part of survival. And I'm going to tell you another story. Um, In 2014, the doctors discovered I had stage three cancer. The cancer, and and for about six months, the cancer was getting worse and worse and worse. And I and I pulled our employees and our board of directors together to tell them that you know basically it it looked like they may not find this cancer. So I was I I was able to stand in front of folks and be able to talk about my own death but when it came to announcing that I was transitioning I had to talk to our human resource manager and she asked me, "Well, why don't you just tell the employees like you did before?" And I said, "Because this is even harder than my own death." So it's 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 clearly difficult, but when you get to the other side, you will be so rewarded for the work you did.
0: So you mentioned that You know, when you first started recognizing your true gender, the laws in Vermont weren't the same as they were now. Did the improvement of legal status for transgender people change at all your thoughts on transitioning and being public about who you are?
1: I was prepared to lose everything, so the laws did not change what my plan was. But I will tell you, those transgender protection laws are why I'm sitting here today talking to you. Because if those laws weren't in place, I would be without a job. Um, so you know, I I do know that there are many states. I think more than half that don't have those laws. So I I will tell you, it's my job and all of us who who are leaders to help. Um, get laws passed in every state to protect the LGBT community. Um, those laws are very important. It would not have changed my decision because I was prepared to lose everything. But it's certainly, uh, I'm glad those laws are in place and we have to work real hard to get those laws passed throughout the entire country.
0: I think that's that's really interesting. Um, talking about the Trump administration's treatment of transgender Americans, how does that work with states that have protections for transgender people? Does the federal policy override that?
1: Currently, the state overrides the federal protections, but that, that's a state by state issue. Certainly in Vermont, um, the Vermont won't, won't bow down to those federal changes, but you, you, if you look at immigration status, for example, there are sanctuary cities um, and, and the federal government is trying to go after those sanctuary cities, and, and the courts have stepped in and say they can't. But, but this will be an ongoing battle, but yes, the states, you will be protected by the state laws, and I, and I believe that just as in the immigration case, um, the, the courts will find in favor of the states, but, it, but again, it's an ongoing battle we all have to go through.
2: Hey everybody, this is Nathan from Millennial Politics. We're going to take a quick break because we want to tell you about our new sponsor. A new company called CNote is an award winning social enterprise that has created a new way to save where you can earn up to 35 times more on your savings, all while increasing economic opportunity in local communities across America. The average CNote customer earned an extra $400 last year compared to traditional savings products. So not only do you earn more with CNote, but every dollar that you invest drives positive social impact. So instead of funding big bank bonuses, your money is going to help female and minority entrepreneurs start small businesses, build affordable housing, and support other community development projects. With CNOTE, you earn up to 2.5% while building a more inclusive economy, one community investment at a time. Sign up today at mycnote.com slash politics. Again, that's my, the letter is C, note, N-O-T-E dot com politics and know that CNOTE does not charge any fees. There are no minimums and sign up take less than five minutes. Check them out. So as
0: governor, what would you hope to do to protect transgender people in the state of Vermont as we see such an onslaught? Of discrimination and violence throughout the country.
1: Well, as 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 gov as governor, and I think the uh, Vermonters will be the same. We will we will protect transgender folks from. We'll be an oasis. Uh, you know, Vermont has had a long history of being a leader in civil rights. First in women's suffrage. First in racial protection. Uh, first in civil unions. The first state that actually voted by the legislature to allow gay marriage. So we're we'll continue to protect folks. Um, as governor, there's more things that could be done. For example, I would do—I would try, you know—as we, I would start to get the data, uh, collect data on how um, the LGBT community is treated in schools, et cetera, because there's still hidden bias. And then, of course, in rural Vermont, access for transgender and LGBT youth is is challenging. So there's things we can do in Vermont, but certainly, I don't—I—I I, I don't see. Um, vermonters at all allowing um, allowing bias towards the LGBT community um, now as, as a you know as, as a governor it'll send a clear message to the rest of the country I've always believed that Vermont um, is is a state that can show the rest of the country how to lead we've done that through our our history and that's exactly why I'm running for governor um, you know I've I've had a national responsibility Um, With the the energy grid, I I served on a committee that that advised the uh, three-quarters of America, rural America, on on, uh, technology and strategy. And, uh, uh, you know, it was so wonderful to come back to Vermont because we are an oasis in, in the country. And I certainly intend to keep that legacy moving forward.
0: Though Vermont is considered a pretty solidly progressive state, the incumbent governor is a Republican, and he's actually one of the most popular governors in the nation. According to political analysts, he's set to win re-election, despite the blue wave that's predicted to flip the house. Could you explain how such a blue state has a red governor, and why he's so popular right now?
1: The da- what the data shows on our governor is that his, he has a broad support, but it's thin. And the Republicans, and he's the leader of the Republican Party, and the Republican Party in Vermont two weeks ago uh, sent out a, a, a mailing to all of the Republicans uh, supporters that they want to make Vermont great again, and um, they're adopting the national rhetoric. So Vermont's not protected, and, uh, you know, despite, despite the polls, um, he, he's got some weak spots, you know, I'd be, I'd be very wary to to uh, believe believe polls because, uh, in fact, when in part of our campaign, we're hiring pollsters and we're being very careful with people that make assumptions, because what's going on in the country right now, we've got I wouldn't call it a blue wave; I would call it almost a a a, a revolution um, after the Me Too movement. And um, I was down in Washington for the Progressive Change ca- ca- uh, Campaign Committee training. And there were 450 people there that's you know that's kind of the the bernie training group and bernie sanders is on our ticket as well which is going to pull a lot of people out and uh and the women in vermont aren't really happy with with phil scott so you know we can mobilize those people who are who are uh, younger than 35 and the woman phil will get beat so what are you
0: doing to mobilize women right now and what would you do as governor to help further the Me Too movement.
1: Well, I, I'm certainly, um, I'm, going, I'm I'm certainly working with our our emerge group in Vermont, and I do, I will be a champion for women. Um, um, you know, what, what the women's woman's issues? I, I should tell you that when I transitioned, I learned something very important. You know, after, um, I had I had dinner with my daughter every three weeks, and and my when I first tri- transitioned. She asked me how my transition was going. And I told her that, yeah, I thought I was experiencing transphobia. And I explained to her that, you know, I was in this meeting with these men that I usually meet with, and I said something in the morning, they didn't hear me. I said something later, they didn't hear me. And then the afternoon, one of the men repeated what I said in the morning, oh, Christine said that this morning. My daughter said, welcome to being a woman. And I can tell you an example of, of, example of, the, of the, uh, the hidden bias that goes in with uh, with our gender hierarchy, and certainly, um, I, w- uh, I will uh, uh, keep working to uh, to eliminate that bias. And um, also, um, as f- Vermont's do- done a pretty good job at, at at focusing on equalizing the salaries, but we're, we're you know we'll pass legislation to support equal pay for women and uh, equal access uh, uh, reproductive freedoms. You know, reproductive freedoms in Vermont. Uh, are available in in more urban areas, but not so much in the rural areas. So so that's another focus in terms of, uh, I'll call it reproductive justice, making sure that all women in Vermont have access uh, and equal access to uh, reproductive care. Lastly,
0: what do you hope this campaign means to transgender youth? And what message do you want to deliver to them?
1: I attended the Trans Translating Identity Conference at, at the University of Vermont, which last year had about eight hundred people from all over New England. Um, I certainly want to keep giving the message to transgender youth that they can be uh, highly successful. Um, and 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 one of the things, one of the most important things I can do for the transgender community, including transgender youth, is continue to be successful. Um, and and I, I, one of you know I, I talk one of the most important things that transgender youth can do is become very comfortable with their gender identity because when they go out and look for jobs you know people when they're hiring are looking for confidence so I so I really want to inspire transgender youth to have the confidence that they could be themselves and and get into the career they they want I w- you know it's hard enough to get a job today Without having to deal with gender issues. So, so I hope that I can, I can help the youth to uh, build that self confidence um, so they can be at, at certainly at par with their cisgender peers.
0: Okay, great. So, if folks are interested in getting involved in your campaign or learning more about you, where can they find you online?
1: Yes, I would encourage people to uh, go to christine for vermontcom It's all spelled out. dot com. And yes, I would love all the help we can get. So, so uh, I encourage everybody, everybody who's listening to go there. All right.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today.
1: You're welcome. Thank you so much for what you do and getting the message out.
0: Yeah, of course. We're glad to spread it. Now, For our listeners, if you want to hear more conversations like this, make sure to follow Millennial Politics on social media. Subscribe to our newsletter and check out our merch at millennialpolitics.co and stay tuned for the next episode of our podcast. Thanks for listening.